0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis. It is awesome to have you here. Tonight, we're going to flip back a little bit and dive back into the art of recreating yourself. We're going to bring in some more transformative coaching concepts, and we're going to chisel in and talk about staging your come up. That's an awesome topic, don't you think? staging your come up. Okay, now this is fast forward through all of the shit that you go through between when you decide that it is time to start anew. This could be career, this could be relationships, this could be a geographical move, this could be just, you know, pull the cord on everything and you just put yourself somewhere else and and start completely anew. I wanted to talk today about staging your come up because it really, it's so exciting. It inspires so much hope, so much encouragement. And I want you to know this, that when you get to this phase, it is like ultra exciting, ultra exciting because there's no more tear down. Like all of the work that had to go into your getting to this particular place is finished. Like there's always going to be emotional ties and emotional issues and emotional highs and lows that happen as you're going through the change, like that initial changing process, whether you're mourning a loss or the relationships aren't really what you thought that they were or some sort of something. And and you usually have to give something up in order to pick something up, right? Because all all beginnings happen after something else ends and so you pass through that so now you're actually in the super exciting phase of staging your come up and so tonight um I was actually out on a stroll it's it's um getting a little bit cooler here in in Chicago and uh took a stroll along our riverfront here and there's these gorgeous fountains and uh You know how at nighttime the fountains have lights on them and uh, there's just there's this musician who's playing a keyboard kind of off in the distance. So we'll walk a little bit closer because he just he does his music is just so awesome. But it was making me think about today and about what it actually takes to stage your come up. Staging your come-up is actually done through intentional design. Like, there is a heavy amount of strategic planning that goes into it. There's deliberate deliberate execution of your plan. Um, Oftentimes, and this is what I would highly recommend, is for you to do, I call it like a physical refresh. You know, you gotta, like, make sure you're eating right. You want to get yourself into great physical condition. And with that comes your image and your branding, if you would. And this applies to both the personal and the professional front, because you are honest to God, like a walking billboard for your personal professional brand. So as you're designing this whole entire thing, and I use these words intentionally, the art of recreating yourself, staging your come up, intentional design, Because it's not just something that you just kind of like shove and push your way through. When you are doing this for real, like you were at some other point before and you decided that that model no longer serves you or that model came crashing down and you found yourself or you placed yourself as a result of the consequences of your choices and your actions, pretty much at like a rock bottom, and you are building yourself from the ground up. And this could be financially, this can be emotionally, this can be spiritually, this can be all of the above and more. But it's fun, and it's awesome, and you can totally do it. But when you're staging your come up, here's the thing. You have to, or you should, go to the places and and touch your dreams. And what I mean by that is the closer proximity you can get your physical person to the place where you want to be physically, whether this is a particular place you want to live, it's a group or a neighborhood that you want to be a part of, it's, can you hear him playing in the back there? It's perfect. I couldn't have asked for better music. I'm telling you, this guy's awesome. But it's important that you put yourself in that place because what will happen over time is your being in physical contact with that stuff makes your dream a reality because you're actually touching it and it totally pulls your emotions into that situation. And if you've been following along on the podcast, we've done a few step-by-steps on how to change a lot of what we call your vibrational frequency But how do you change your identity? How do you move from where you are to where you want to be? And how do you overcome that mental gap? Because sometimes that gap, the chasm between where you are or who you are and who you want to become or where you want to to be or have is so incredibly wide, it seems like it's impossible. And then, you know, cue the negative committee inside of your head. And all of a sudden that chatter gets so loud and it gives you every reason why you can't do this. It will never work out. You've tried it before. You've been told no, da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da, and worse. Like, you know the conversations that happen up inside of your head. And I'm here to tell you that if you are awake and you are alive and you are listening to this podcast, there is literally nothing that you cannot do flip back and listen to the previous podcast. It was called Saturday Straight Talk. It was talking about ability. So here, let's enter some iron sharpens iron coaching, but it's really more, you know, let's get to the point here. If you are questioning your ability, you've already lost. And I know that that sounds harsh. But that's my job as your coach. My coach is not to blow sunshine up your ass. And my coach, my job is definitely not to agree with all the reasons why you have constructed in your head why something won't work. My job is to call you out on your bullshit and show you why it's not true. It's never a question of ability. It's a question of how much are you willing to commit? How much are you willing to sacrifice? How much are you willing to give until you achieve it, until you have it, until you become it? That's what the question is. And by you planning your come up, this is the most exciting part because this should honestly be the impetus to get you up out of bed every single freaking day even if you don't have a quote-unquote reason why, I haven't had that typical reason why. You know, when I talk to a lot of people, like, why do you do what you do? Oh, it's because of my kids. You know, it's because of my grandkids. Like Everybody always had that extra piece. And I'm telling you, like, that has been a major pain point for me that not only did I not have it to begin with, but then there was like, what was going to fuel my moving this whole entire ship forward? Where was it? What was it going to be? And I I dug through and had to go through and figure out, like, honest to God, in my heart of hearts, what is my reason? Why? Who am I doing this for? Am I supposed to even like all of the questions that go into your head and you end up in this in this mental tailspin? But what I did was I still persevered through those times. And all I found out was that it's, it's, it's a couple of things. It's just the universe questioning and asking you, how bad do you actually want this? And when you persevere through it, persevere you just kind of like stomp through it <laughs> you get to the next level and then I think it's the devil I believe that it's the devil if you are doing something which is good and it's rooted in good and in my case I know without a shadow of a doubt this is my next calling which means this is attached to God and anytime you do anything which advances Any of God's principles about how to love people, how to forgive people, how to be a good person, how to follow the golden rule, it pisses the devil off, and all that he will do is turn up the heat to make you believe that you can't actually do the things. This is what we call spiritual warfare. And in those cases, you have to be very attuned to his tactics. And sometimes what you're going to find is that you're going to have these periods of overwhelming fatigue. You're going to have these periods of overwhelming confusion. You're going to have these periods of overwhelming, like you can't see, you can't see two feet in front of your face. And there's going to be obstacles, both physical and like mental. And what you need to know is that that's his tactics. And he will always, he will always deploy his, his biggest strategies and his biggest workings on you at the times or in the places where you are most vulnerable because he knows that that's his vector in that's how he can get in. So once you become a, a, like attuned to this and you just remain forward focused and you say your prayers, you know, for me I I say the prayer of St. Michael and that that usually helps to kind of, you know, turn down the volume in in some of those instances but that's how you can handle that riffraff but then for you once you're pushing through that time you get out the other side and now you're planning your come up and it's super 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 exciting now with this what you have to know is that for you to be 100 percent successful in planning your come up and staying on that level and then continuing to grow you have to actually increase what we call your vibrational frequency. And I know that this will be what the heck is this woman talking about right now? But everything is energy and this is what you need to know. So we'll do a little sidestep over here, talk a little bit of coaching concepts and then we'll come back to how do you actually apply this. All right, basically everything can be measured in energy. Your feelings, your emotions, we call this your vibrational frequency. So when you're operating in things like love and joy, um, not happiness, but like love and joy and gratitude, those are very, very, very high vibrational frequency states. When you drop into shame and anger and resentment, those are very low vibrational states, okay? So the secret is when you want to go up, you have to increase those things and you have to keep them operating at a very high level. One of the mistakes that people make is that when they are, you know, launching their come up or they're looking to advance to another level, if it's not done all the way through you. And what I mean by that is like transformation starts in your head, starts in your mind, and it, it finishes through your heart. So when you're transformed, it's it's a whole entire part of you. So how you handle yourself in a situation, if you exhibit grace under pressure, if you are honest, if you keep your word. So some of those like values or you know your character qualities, if if what you say and what you do are out of alignment and you are strategically trying to place yourself in the next level, or with a new group of people, or do the new thing, you know, as you're, as you're trying to, you know, improve yourself, if you are not one with your heart and your mind, and probably your soul at this point, what will happen is that you'll be able to front for a while, but that crack in integrity will always come back to bite you in the ass, and you will sabotage And you will kick yourself. You will end up lower than when you initially started. And this can happen on the character side. But this can also happen on the financial front. If you have grown up, and this is something that had applied to me, was grown up through poverty and then, you know, came out of it for a while. But then obviously leaving nursing, leaving a very well-paying, very secure job with guaranteed overtime and basically endless income no matter what moving off of that track and starting up a company where I'm inventing things (laughs) that that people haven't necessarily even heard of yet or are not really willing to listen to and I did that during like the recession (laughs) so So when you come through that and, you know, obviously my income went from, you know, a a nice level to pretty much zero and then negative because I was working and I wasn't getting paid on my invoices. It was rough, man. It was totally rough. And to have those experiences of poverty in your bank account, but also in your surroundings, Uh, because at the time I was actually, I was living in my house at the time and it, it was a new construction house, it was very, in very, very, very great condition, but I think it was like 13 years I was in that house, things start to break after a while, and I made the deliberate decision on where I was going to be allocating my money, and I was not putting it towards home repair. And at the same time, I, I needed to change the interior of the home, because when I had first started to decorate it, I was working night shift and, um, (laughs) talking about like how you, how you plan your come up here is that I, when I opened my company, now I was having like daytime hours and I was not flip-flopping on a day night rotation. So like the curtains that I had up that would keep the sunlight out so I could sleep during the day, they, I I took them down. (laughs) And so it wasn't like I bought new curtains. The plan was to move through, you know, a, a tight time and, and to put up curtains at a later time. And I didn't follow through with that. Like I didn't buy new clothes. Like I bought, um, a bunch of black clothes on purpose. Number one, I have a very muscular physique and my physique changes like constantly. It's ridiculous. And, um, it's hard to dress me, and so, <laughs> so for me, I thought, you know what, the easiest way to give myself a uniform and have some forgiveness with how my physique changes, pretty much on like a weekly basis, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna buy a bunch of black workout clothes, and I've had them things for what's it been like five years or six years or something like that. I mean, I really haven't bought any new clothes at all. Um, I bought a couple pair of gym shoes, uh, but I, I had been shopping if I needed, you know, a different pair of pants to do something. I shopped at Goodwill. Um, I sold all of my furniture. I sold jewelry. Like when, I'm saying that not to gain your sympathy, but to let you know, like when you when you make decisions and you go down financially and then like you're not shopping at a place that is decorated pretty. Like, if you go to Goodwill, I mean, they do a nice job, like, they try to keep it as clean as they can, but it's a very busy place, and so it tends to be kind of run down in there, and then you know, you go back home and nothing looks aesthetically pleasing anymore. And even though it's a, it's a beautiful home and it was safe and it, you know, it was clean and, and all of those things was in a nice neighborhood with like the best sunsets in the world. Like what you see in your physical realm, it's not, it's, it's dampened. And I want to speak clearly to this. It was not run down in any way, but what you could see on the inside was like those, the bolts of like, where you would put the, like the curtain rods up on the wall, like it was like exposed like that. And I bought the paper shades instead. And for me, like it didn't bother me. I I made the choices that I made on purpose. It didn't bother me that I've been wearing black clothes every single day. Like it didn't bother me. I electively made those decisions. I put up with everybody's bullshit, you know, asking me all these questions and my goth and like blah, blah, like whatever. My point is this when you move through those times where this has become your new normal and this is just one example I mean put into place you know plug in what your normal has been it when you're looking to elevate you have to elevate the whole entire thing and so what I did was I took a nursing contract at like, of um, it was <laughs> the only reason was because I just freaking needed food. I mean, I was like at my wits end. This was a couple years ago. So I took a nursing contract as a school nurse, which is honest to God, like not, it is a no joke job. And I took it in what I knew was a socioeconomically dampened community. Love the people who were there. Love the kids who were there. I got paid well. I mean, I really did. I didn't. I ended up leaving that job for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, the biggest one, it was too much of a liability for uh, on every front. It just it was not safe. My license was in jeopardy. The physical setup, and there was no prevention strategies there in terms of safety. So, long story short, I ended up leaving. But one of the other reasons that I left. And wasn't, what wasn't going to necessarily like renew. They had asked me to renew the contract before the year even ended. And I said no, because there was one day I was at a junior high. It was actually my favorite junior high to be at. Love that place so much. And um, I remember being in the nurse's office and it was upstairs and looking outside and I thought to myself, okay, you know what? I'm making more money. So I'm increasing on the front where I need to be financially. Like I have money coming in. I've got money in the bank. I'm able to pay my bills. Um, you know, I can actually go, I can buy a pair of shoes. Like, okay, things are going on going. I can actually get my hair cut. I don't have to be cutting it with manicure scissors like I had been doing for the past two years. Like, <laughs> okay, so you're all right now, girl. And, uh, I looked outside and everywhere I looked was just poverty. Like the houses were run down, you know, there's gangbangers out on the street and you know, some of the kids, it was a rough area. You know, some of these kids would come in, God love them, and they, you know, the uh, lice outbreaks and just like, they, ugh. I mean, it was just like, it was depressing and dampened still. And I knew at that moment, i you know i took the job out of necessity but it was not going to be a solution for me because i looking around i had more money but i wasn't correcting my internal core of elevation does that make sense i'm not sure how to apply that for anything outside of the financial realm. But I know for certain that I'm speaking to a large population of people because money dialogue and an unhealthy money dialogue is a major, major, major factor for people who have passed through, grew up with poverty, grew up hearing, you know, we never have enough money or money is dirty, like all the things that go along with that, and when you get ready to elevate your position, unless you correct that internal money dialogue, you do the whole entire work, like through to your core, what will happen is that you will go ahead and you will increase your income at one point. But unless it's corrected, something is going to happen. You will sabotage because you won't feel that you either deserve it or that you can do it and you will sabotage and you will end up broke again. Or you will reach a cap and you'll never be able to exceed it. So this is like, this is like a big topic. So anyway, so moving forth from that, as you're staging your come up, you have got to like incrementally look up and set goals for where it is that you want to grow. So you're actually doing the process of establishing projections for yourself, whether this is for your household or or for obviously for your business, but you also have to go to the places. And this is not because you want to acquire material goods. Okay, you're never like material goods goods come, you know, later, your goal is to grow and to elevate so that you can be either a better provider for your family at large, or somehow give you'll contribute to your community or a cause or something at a larger scale because you have more resource to do, to do so. Or hire more people and be responsible for, you know, being able to help them provide for their family, right? So you're thinking like larger, but in order for you to be able to do that, you've got to put yourself closer to the stuff and to the people who have it. You'll never be able to outgrow your environment. You're never going to be able to outgrow the five people that you surround yourself with. You've got to go and you've got to move yourself. And I'm going to tell you that when I was at those low times, and this was, this was actually when I um, was doing my whole baking company, it was really, really rough go. And uh, I mean, it was a major humbling Experience. I knew it was going to come. I didn't honestly have myself completely set up for success, and I was just operating just like. I I can't even say like the skin of my teeth I mean it was even more sharp than that but the point is there was this one day I remember I was um, visiting my mom and she I think I can't remember if I told you guys this or not but she had these magazines like she gets these magazines in the mail like from different you know mail order companies or whatnot and one of them was a fashion magazine that had stuff that she knew that I would like in there like you know cool dresses and you know stuff that wasn't just like kind of like off the rack. It was a little bit different in in sort of style. And uh, I remember flipping through it and I was so broken that it was making me sick to look at it because I couldn't even see how in the hell, like I I don't even have food right now. I'm using the shampoo from the dollar store. It's making my hair crack. Like I can't, I, I I like my phone is going to be shut off tomorrow. I mean, I mean, it was like, I'm getting all these notices in the mail. I mean, it was like, I was like at this low point of like complete brokenness. And I just I told her I closed this magazine. And I said, Mom, I can't even look at this right now. And It must have been so hard for her because, I mean, as a mom, like, you want to do and help your kid, and I made it very clear to her that I was not looking for handouts, period. Like, this was not like, oh, let me just, you know, trash my life and then hope that somebody's going to come rescue me, Uh, sort of an, like, I'm 100% responsible. It it was just like, when you get into that spot, man, I mean, survival mode is a real thing, and you know, she, I just remember her looking at me and she said, you know, it's not going to be like this forever. And I didn't even believe her. Like at that point in time, I'm just thinking to myself, I don't even know how I'm going to get out of this. And I didn't even cry to her. Like that was the thing. Like when you're walking through this stuff. Like I learned real fast that when you're the help like the help, which is who I am. Like I'm the one that stabilizes everybody else when the shit hits the fan. And so when my shit hits the fan, there's not a lot of people that I can go to. And that's one of the reasons actually why I have such a tight relationship with God, because I mean, people were like freaking out when I was, if they saw me cry, if I was starting to get panicked about like, they didn't know what the hell to do. And I made that executive decision. You know what? you, you can't go down to, to, uh, that's probably a bad word. I don't know if that's right. That's how I feel. Like you can't, you're the help. Like if you're a parent, you don't necessarily, you don't ask your two-year-old for help. Right. So I, I, I had nowhere to go. And so you're walking through all this stuff, but you have to remember, like, you've got to keep your sights set, like what's going to be on the other end of the tunnel. And it gets dark sometimes. And you just, you have got to have 100% faith in yourself and in, of course, in God, but belief in yourself and trust in yourself that you know how to navigate your path. And it's not an issue of if you're going to do it, it's, it's a matter of how long is it gonna take you to do it? Or are you gonna just put your cement shoes on and like drag your way through? Are you going to half-ass it, or are you going to clean the whole entire thing and do it 100%? Like, how are you going to do it? That's all that it is. Me, I gutted the whole entire thing, and I wanted to build a frickin' foundation that was going to be so rock solid and so shiny and sparkly at the same time that there was going to be nothing that was going to be able to come in and freaking erode it that was my goal from the get. And I had to break a lot of family traditions. I had to go through, do a lot of research, do a lot of like fact finding to discover what truths are. So I would know how to establish my household and my business from that point forward. Because I was so, (laughs) I was going to say disenchanted, but disenchanted isn't quite the word. I I was just like uh, uh, disgusted with where everything had gone. And I've got wonderful people in my family, but some of the things that happened in my family, like they're not right. And the belief system is not right and, I believe that divorce in my family is a generational curse, and I set out to fix that and stop it. It's going to stop with me, and I have to establish a new normal. What does a courting phase look like? Like, how is that based? How do you do that in today's world when everybody lives together, when everybody goes out and fucks you know everybody else excuse my language there's one-nighters there's I mean there's all kinds of things people slide into your dms they're sending you little text messages you know they come up and they they touch you and I mean it's like it's you it's overwhelming when you look at what the hell goes on just from that dimension not to mention how people have a marriage. How do you handle money together as a couple? How do you continue to have a relationship as a couple if you both have jobs or if you have kids? Like the whole entire, I I just, I wasn't down with how a lot of people were running their life and ending up in divorce or ending up with any number of freaking addictions from alcoholism to drugs to gambling like it was just pervasive and I I refused I mean I, I say to myself like I don't I believe that I will have children one day I don't know where they're coming from. There's a very high likelihood that they're going to be coming, maybe even temporarily, from a foster care system. I refuse, refuse to have those children who are coming to me for stabilization and creation of a new normal for them. I will not, 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 no way allow them into an environment where I have to worry about somebody cracking the foundation that I'm setting for these kids. That was a large part, okay? So there's the why right there, okay? (laughs) Woo, I guess I did have one. But there's a large portion of why I was doing what I was doing because it wasn't, that part was unacceptable to me. And when I look at my nieces and my nephews, I knew that somebody was gonna have to do something and make some sort of a move because I didn't want them to have to go through not just everything that I did, I did, but take all of these side steps, I wanted them to have course correction early on. And if that meant that I'm never going to be married, I have to take these risks to be able to set examples and to be able to somehow educate or model or do something to course correct, then I'm willing to do that. Period. I don't know if there are, I don't, know if, they probably don't even have any idea, but that was, that was my mentality. That was my rationale behind why I was doing the things that I was doing because the, the the model was freaking broken. But the weird thing is that nobody realized it. I'm not sure, you know, I think a large part of it had to do with the fact that I was that skew who... Uh, You know, had education and would be gone from home for a period of time, and you know, learned about different things, and was especially fortunate to be involved with people who had a very strong moral backing to them, not from a religiosity standpoint, but a clear, you know, knowledge of the difference between right and wrong. And so that's what, you know, f- was fueling me to to be willing and and I guess excited about chopping down the old because I knew what the come up like what I wanted to have at the end of the tunnel, at the end, the end of the tunnel, which is where we are now. So as you're moving through that, like all of a sudden, then you get momentum. All of a sudden you have this generation of emotion and you're excited about doing things that you weren't so excited about before. And so today, actually what I did was I actually went shopping today and it was an interesting, you probably don't care, but I mean, for me, this is like cause for celebration because I'm telling you. I've been holding myself on such a a, an extreme budget like I had my food dialed in as a line item and um to buy like a bottle of ketchup like nearly like gave me a heart attack because it was it was a unnecessary luxury and I did not you know work hard enough or earn enough income in order to have luxuries like that. You you can't operate frivolously like that. So I maintain myself like in this dampened state for such a period of time, but now is the time where, you know, I think most of the bad shit has actually settled and it is literally time for me to plan my come up. And so with this is branding and image and, you know, I'm you start prospecting more and I can't show up at an office space or present myself as a professional wearing freaking black workout clothes. Do you know what I'm saying? You, this is going to tie in some coaching where when you want to have something, you have to become that person and make all decisions as though you're that person who has the thing already. And oftentimes, like, if this has to do with your professional brand, you're a walking billboard for your personal and professional brand. I, you know, you, you really, usually you get, you, uh, oh my gosh, why can't I talk? You're addressed usually how you dress. And while, you know, yoga pants may be very comfortable, I can't afford to be walking into any professional setting or any place in freaking—it's first of all, it's not safe for me to walk around like that. I need a freaking bodyguard. But second of all, that's not the image that I want for my company, and not from a prissy and pristine aspect, but because this is a coaching and training academy, training you into become your best and your highest self, and I've got to be the one to set the tone for people who want to launch themselves like galaxies up. I've got women who want to, they've got these huge goals. Like they'll never outgrow me if I'm walking around in yoga pants. Do you know what I'm saying? So you've got to put it back up. And plus I love shoes. (laughs) So I did, I went shopping today, it was so fun. And uh, I did a couple different things to raise that vibrational frequency. I am telling you, when you feel a shift, you've got to honor it. And so I felt this shift that it was time for me to decide where it is that I wanna be, where do I wanna be working? What's the energy of the space? What do I want it to feel like? What do I want it to look like? Now comes the fun time. Like the foundation is up, I got the guts up, the drywall is up, now is the decorative portion. So this is where I'm an aesthetic portion now. So I went shopping. I got, you know, just like a traditional, like a pencil skirt. I got a crisp white blouse. I actually found one that freaking fit my shoulders, which was like a miracle. And I got this, I was going to get this just like a flat. I know guys, you don't care. This is a girl talk. Just pause for one quick moment, but this cool pair of shoes, like I had these black pumps on and they were okay. And, uh, I don't know what made me go around to like the next aisle. I was looking over there and I found this. They're kind of almost plaid, like a black and white. You know how like they have um, business suits that are, they're almost not just like, it's like a raised um, material kind of like, like a raised plaid if you would, but it's black and white and they are sharp and they fit perfect and they're higher than the black pumps that I had which made me even so much more happy so <laughs> i had so much fun and so i went into the dressing room and the the woman there she's so cute she's she was pregnant herself and you know she let me into the dressing room and i was so excited it was like one of those days you know how sometimes you go shopping and you can't find anything and like nothing it fits right and you're in that ridiculous fluorescent lighting and everything looks bad. That was not today. Today it was literally everything that I put on freaking fit and it was awesome. So Oh, my God. Like I was bouncing out of there. And here's the thing. When you raise your frequency. Now, normally I would have not wanted to spend that money or would have like almost like, uh, you know, when I, you know, got the bill up at the register. But that was not it. Like I spent that money. I invested, invested. That's what that money is used for. That's an investment that's going to be helping with my prospecting. That's going to be part of what's going to be helping me to grow my business as the professional. It's making the decision as what would you do if you were the most sure. If you were the most sure, you are most, in this case, financially secure, you were the most sure that you were going to be having money coming in, or you were the most sure that you were going to get the deal or get this or get that. You're making the decision from that vantage point, rather than looking at all the reasons why you don't stack up right now. Does that make sense? That's probably a better uh, example for people who have, you know, those barriers that don't necessarily have a financial backing to them, but maybe you're questioning your ability, or maybe this is, you know, applying to, you know, character issues within yourself that, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) As on a roll that you're making it's a vantage point rather than viewing what you don't have yet. And you make it with that. That's how you're going to know that you have moved on to the next level and that your energy field is securely on that level. You, you're going to see it. You're going to people will notice it, too. They're going to see a change like your eyes. They glimmer, like they sparkle in a different way. You carry yourself in a different way. Like everything is different about you when you raise your vibrational frequency. And then when you go and do part of the things that caused you pain before, like it, it doesn't, it, it there is no pain anymore. Like you, like the problem has been solved. Like you have passed passed the test. That's how you're gonna know that it's a hundred percent. For real, and that's what happened today. So it was like so incredibly cool. So then moved on to the next thing, and it was you know what do I have to do? Okay, now what else do I need? Now I need my business cards, and so what designing those sorts of things, right? And then you know the haircut's going to be coming next, and so one by one you are planning your come up, and you're not engaging in frivolous spending okay so maybe if this is a wardrobe issue you're getting classic key pieces that are interchangeable right a black skirt it's not short right it's got to be a material that's going to be congruent with the place where you live it's a fashion tip over here right it's going to be able to take you through all the seasons black pencil skirt gets you everywhere you can wear pumps with it you can put boots on it when it's the winter time, you can, you know, blazer, you can put sweater, you can, you know, do all kinds of things with it. You don't have to spend an excessive amount of money. You've got to invest in those key pieces. That's going to be imperative to your come up. You've got to be 100% through and through from your core all the way out demonstrative of your personal and professional brand. And anybody who tells you, anything otherwise is full of shit. I don't care like what the people at Google do. I don't care. I'm talking professional realm. And sometimes that can be, you know, a deterrent to people. But you know what? You make your own decisions. I'm going to tell you that when you want to be taken seriously, you're never going to be, how about this? You're never going to be penalized for being overdressed unless you count the time that I went to, <laughs> this is funny, unless you count the time that I went to a wedding in Michigan when I was in college, oh my God, this was so funny. And uh, my family is from Chicago. Like my family's Italian. So when we do weddings, I don't know if you've ever been to an Italian wedding before, but I mean, it's like a, it's like a gala affair. <laughs> and, like there's something like you wear one thing to the church and then you wear an evening gown to the dinner. And it's like this whole entire thing. And like, there's, you know, like the dessert table and, I mean, it's it's a thing, okay? And so I went to this wedding. <laughs> oh my god, it was with this guy that I dated in college, and it was in Michigan. And I I never even thought like what to ask. I just I I didn't even know that I didn't know. So how would I, I just you know came with this dress? And I remember I was getting myself ready, and I walked downstairs, and his family was at the bottom of the stairs, and they were like, "Wow." you look really good. And I was looking at them and his brother had, I think corduroy pants on and his brother was kind of like, you know, walked to his march to his own set of drums. So I didn't pay too much attention to it. My boyfriend had a suit on and I just, then we ended up going, I think we were at a VFW hall and, um, they had, it was not, it wasn't even like the people who were there were even remotely dressed up. There are people in overalls, um, we had paper plates and like there was um bags of chips on on the tables and it was kind of like a serve yourself thing and um (laughs) I think they had a DJ or they had a a radio playing or something like that and I remember I was so self-conscious because I mean I had on like this um was it velour or no crush velvet crush velvet a crush velvet dress and you know it was like this um halter top dress and you know it's like the mermaid fit and, um, oh my God. And it was daytime and I was, I was completely self-conscious. And so I had my boyfriend, I borrowed his, his suit coat jacket and, uh, I went to the bathroom and the girls in the bathroom were talking about that hussy from Chicago. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is like horrible. But barring that experience, you will never be penalized for overdressing. Okay, so just remember that you are (laughs) that you are a walking billboard for your personal and professional brand. So as you are planning and you're staging your come up, okay, you want to always ensure, you know, aesthetics aside and the decorative pieces and, and the beautification aside, that really when you're at this point, that you have the right people, that you have the right foundation and that you have the right mission. Okay, so if you can be assured of those, then you know. And sometimes the right people may be absence of people until you meet other people or those new people, you know, present themselves or, you know, people who you haven't talked to in a while, however that translates out for you. Okay, so don't be deterred or discouraged if you're finding that you are like passing people (laughs) and you're you're kicking them off the island like they're not they're not welcoming your come up okay that that happens that happens and i would venture to say too that if if this is something that has involved relationships with you you knew the whole entire time who honestly was for you and who wasn't it's just you're being honest and finding out for sure that your intuition was correct. That was that was a painful part. That was a painful part. You never really wanna believe that it is how it is. And then I think that the, the next most disappointing part is that when people tell you that they're gonna support you, and then shit goes bad, how fast they leave you. And then you're just like, what the hell, you told me that you were gonna be here. You told me that you would always be here, right? So then there's that component to it. So, you know, you're past that. You're going to find out. So the point of my telling you is not to, you know, dig up, you know, dirt and make you feel bad. But to tell you that if you are have passed through that and you look to your left and your right and you don't have anybody right now, don't worry. Put your energy up high touch your dream, touch your goal, go to it, start your process of the buildup. And what will happen is by your doing that, you're increasing your vibrational frequency, you will attract the right people. And, and what's even better is that the old people or people who were the equivalent of that, like the people who, you know, kind of like, live in the mud if you will you won't even attract it anymore that's that also happens too so if you're not attracting anybody for a period of time do not freak out don't freak out that just means that you're changing your energetic frequency and it won't be long just keep on moving forward it won't be long until you start to attract the best people Like that's part of the process and that's also another portion where it gets totally cool because you're not attracting people who are just like you. You're attracting people whose energy frequency is high but the group tends to be very diverse and so then you will find people whose strengths complement your weaknesses and vice versa. It's totally awesome. I totally promise you so with that word of encouragement, okay, let's do this now. Let's get ready to stage your come up, okay? Again, my name is Nicole Vincentis. It's been awesome to have you on today's podcast. Let's go out there. Let's make it a great day. Carpe your damn diem. We'll talk to you next time.